8 this morning, please. Matthew chapter 8. And in Matthew chapter 8, we'll begin reading in verse 18. Now, when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus saith unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said unto him, Follow me and let the dead bury their dead. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And when he was come to the other side, in the, into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from them, and heard of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down the steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. And they that kept them fled and went their ways into the city and told everything and what was befallen to the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coasts. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the reminder in song uh, and in prayer this morning in the lesson that we are 
to, all, to do all for the sake of your name, for your will, for the spreading of this gospel, for the glorifying of Christ. And Father, I pray you'd help us to do that. Please fill me with your spirit. Help me to minister to your church this morning. Help Lisa ministering in sign. Bless her. I thank you for that ministry. That help those in the nursery, Father, fill with thy spirit, watching the children. I thank you for the good Sunday school hour already. How blessed we are to be here, to be able to sing praises to your name, to give as you direct us to give, to pray together, to sing praises unto your name, God, to, to hear your word preached and taught. Help us uh, to be more like Christ, to walk in your will, to be true disciples. Father, the world needs us to be the light and the salt that you've called us to be. And you have enabled us uh, through your spirit uh, uh, to do so and for the glory of Christ. So help us in these things. Bless those online. We're thankful for those with us there as well. Father, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This portion of Jesus' ministry, he's, he has already turned the water to wine into wine at the wedding there. He has uh, already done his first tour uh, through Galilee. Uh, wasn't accepted in Nazareth. Nazareth. Uh, he moved on to Capernaum. Very uh, uh, successful ministry there. Use that word. He was successful everywhere he went, okay? But uh, a lot of uh, people healed, a lot of people helped, people saved. Uh, ministering out of uh, uh, Peter's house there. And uh, he went out to pray after much ministry there and was praying alone. And uh, everybody had gathered back to the house. Where is he? There's big happenings here. And, and uh, when they went to find Jesus, they found him. And this is where we pretty much find him saying, let, let us depart to the other side. And uh, he's going to continue with the things uh, that God has, has given him to do. And so I've entitled the message this morning. I just want to uh, see a couple of th some things of the Christian life reflected uh, in this portion of Jesus' of Jesus uh, ministry. And uh, depart unto the other side. Depart unto the other side. Uh, there were great multitudes about him, we read. Uh, uh, yet, obviously, few would depart to the other side. Uh, and... Uh, we want to be among those, in a sense, who would not be like, yes, even most Christians, <laughs> Christian in name only, nominal Christians. Uh, and, uh, and, we're, and we want to, uh, in a sense, depart to the other side and be disciples, true disciples of Jesus. We read about the multitudes and, uh, and the few throughout the scripture. In Matthew 7, we read that, that, uh, uh, that uh, straight is the gate, uh, and at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. 
And what? Straight is the gate, narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. Many there be which go in there at, at the broad gate, and what? Few there be that find it, that straight gate, that narrow gate. Many and few, the many and few. Uh, there are many who practice uh, false religions. Uh, in, uh, in Luke 18, uh, 8, Jesus says, When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? No doubt there will be relatively few learning and knowing and proclaiming and practicing the true faith of this book. Uh, according to our, 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 our Lord's words, we see that. Uh, it's a sobering thing. Great multitudes have received blessings from God, but few have returned to give Him glory. We see that in the, in the healing of the lepers in Luke chapter 17. How many were healed? Ten. All ten of them. Luke 17, 12 and following. And what did uh, Jesus say? Uh, the Bible says, One of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. Fell on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. One out of ten. Frankly, great multitudes have become saints. The Bible speaks of those in heaven as innumerable that get saved. Uh, great multitudes have become saves, have saints. Relatively few will become soldiers of Christ, will become disciples. There are those who teach the doctrine of perseverance of the saints. Every saint will in the end come back and be right with God. How's that going to work? We all know how much saints... You know, think about all the saints in the world. Okay? And, and, and we all know that we step out of God's will sometimes, don't we? Somehow they believe God's going to orchestrate it so that when Christ returns, every living saint on the world is going to be back right with God. How's that going to work? Oh, we don't believe the Bible teaches that. Bible teaches the preservation of saints. That means once we're born again, God saves us for the glory of Christ. He saves us because He put His Spirit in us, and that's the only reason. See, we can be found pleasing Him or grieving Him when He returns. Either way, we have His Spirit in us. And because of that, uh, we have Christ. Uh, that, that's, why, that's, what, that's why we're saved. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath the Son of God hath not life. That's it. <laughs> but yet, we want to be among those who become true disciples. Among those who become true disciples. I heard a Lose Your Salvation preacher on the radio condemning the doctrine of the Bible, salvation by grace through faith. And he said, they preach, you can just pray a prayer and then do what you want. <laughs> well, we obviously, that's not, that's not the truth. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. There's no more powerful motivation than love. And we believe we ought to be motivated to be true disciples. 
departing to the other side, so to speak. Not just a nominal Christian. A few things we'll see regarding that. Number one, uh, if we're going to be uh, true disciples of Christ, uh, we, we realize and we accept the fact that there's a, there, there's a conflict to fight. There's a conflict to fight. We saw when he got to the other side, what met him immediately? Uh, those that were possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. We have a powerful foe. And uh, we are no match for our foe in the flesh. The world had these guys out there. You know what they did? All we can do is bind them and, you know, and chain them. And they kept breaking those chains. So they kept them out. You know, they're out in the tombs. You know? I don't know what all that was about. Maybe, they, maybe, they, maybe, they, maybe the world decided, well, we'll just kill them if they come back into town. And so they had no choice but to hang out in the tombs. I don't know. We can't keep them in chains. You know, who knows? But that's the world's answers. <laughs> Jesus had the answer, didn't he? And he healed, he was able to heal them. Listen, it's a fight, and we're fighting against the devil. And, uh, you know, we sing the song, Fierce may be the conflict, strong may be the foe, but the king's own army none can overthrow. And we need to recognize that and realize that. We are not fighting uh, against people. Ephesians 6.12 We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There's not a, we, don't, we don't fight against flesh and blood. And uh, we're, it's spiritual. If people become our enemies, it's because they're letting spiritual things control their lives. Amen? And we recognize that too, that is who we fight against. We are chosen what? Not just to be a saint, but to be a soldier. But to be a soldier. 2 Timothy 2.4 No man that warreth. How often does the Bible talk about the Christian life as a battle, as a fight, as a war? Uh, no man that warreth and hangled himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. There's a challenging thought. You know, when we send somebody to war, they say, well, wait a minute. You can't send me. I got my mortgage here. I gotta, you know, I, I've got the, the, the car payment. I, I've got to take care, take care of the stuff around the house. I, I, I got my business to run. No, you're called to war. The government will take care of that. The one who sends you to war will take care of that. That goes for all of us, amen? If we are called to be soldiers of Christ, then our own personal needs are not to be our first concern, are they? Who will take care of that? He will. Who goes to war at any time at his own charges? <laughs> If that doesn't happen in the secular world, do we think that, 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 that God is, is, is less <laughs> comforting and faithful and promising than the secular world? No. He'll take care of our needs if we'll be a soldier for Jesus Christ. If we'll be a soldier for Jesus Christ. The weapons of our warfare are not, are not carnal, but mighty through God. They're pulling down strongholds. 2 Corinthians 
It's a fight. Uh, I, I therefore so run, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 26, not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. I have an enemy. I know what I'm supposed to do in being a soldier for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I've fought a good fight, he would say. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. That's what it's about. It's about keeping the faith. It's about preaching this word as it is, preaching the truth of this word, and being faithful to walk in the light of this word, the power of the Holy Spirit. Continuing in that. Uh, continuing in that. I'm often encouraged when I think of warfare. You know, I think about the Old Testament. The difference it was being a believer then and now. <laughs> being a believer then, many times you went out to battle and said, okay, to get God's will done, I have to live and this guy's got to die. <laughs> My neck needs to be saved, but this guy's blood needs to be shed. That's the way the battles were. Israel went out, it, it was, you know, it was a godly army against ungodly armies. That's, uh, you know what, I, I'm, I, I hope I'm not a coward, but I'm glad I, I didn't live in those days, okay? <laughs> I'm glad that my, I look at, my, at my, my challenge to live by faith as what many people like David and such was, and I think, man, I shouldn't be discouraged. <laughs> I have got it good, okay, in what God has called me to do. A little bit of, and, and we, by the way, we all do here in our country. We really have comparatively very, very little suffering to do here, being a Christian. And so we ought to be the true disciples that God, that God has called us to be. I think about David in his psalm. He says, uh, uh, he says, uh, 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 he says, Lord's my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust. My buckler and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Uh, so shall I be saved from my enemies. The sorrows of death can pass me about. And by the way, he's talking literally. <laughs> and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. His life was in peril so often. Probably more often than not. <laughs> what an amazing thing. In my distress, quite different than what I faced, I called upon the Lord and, he, and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him, even into his ears. Called to a fight. Amos, we're going through Amos on Sunday nights and Amos uh, and uh, and uh, Amos uh, was directed to uh, to uh, to use the God's name. He's the Lord of Hosts, the Lord of Armies. And they were talking little armies at that time, and uh, it's a fight. We have a conflict to fight. And by the way, we're thankful for those who gave that ultimate sacrifice. We, that's what we have Memorial Day for, those who died in battle. But we understand that a victory, victories come through God, amen? <laughs> uh, it's not armies, it's not numbers of people, it's not technology, it's God, okay? Uh, armies 
can't win without God, but God uses armies, doesn't he? <laughs> and so in that sense, we're thankful. We worship God uh, for the victories. And we're thankful, amen, uh, for the armies uh, that he used for that. That ought to be the case. <clears throat> Secondly, the disciple will accept this, that we have a command to fulfill. A command to fulfill. Matthew 8, 18. Now when Jesus saw a great multitudes about him, he gave commandment. He gave commandment. I'm thankful for uh, those that are here with us and, and for your service and in the military and those that we have several here uh, that served in the military. Military folks uh, learn uh, that, have that discipline and, uh, and, are, and become faithful servants of God. We have them in this church <laughs> and I'm thankful for them. Uh, for faithful. So I ask you, when you were sent someplace for a specific duty, what was it called? It was called your what? Command. <laughs> that was my, and my command was, and, and, and when you said that, you referred to what? The place that you were put, and obviously you were to do what you were, uh, what your, your position in the military was to do there. So the very word command defined what you were doing at that time. By the way, that's the way it ought to be with us, amen? We have a command to fulfill. And that's all the commands of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we think about that. See, the multitudes will receive his blessings, but the disciples will, re will receive his commands. The lost every day enjoy the blessings of God. They breathe the same air you and I breathe. They enjoy the sunshine. They, their, their gardens grow from the rain and the sun. But you know what? We need to. We have a lot more blessings than the lost, don't we? Those are only temporal things. We have the greatest blessings of spiritual things. So we ought to be receivers not only of his blessings, but of his commands. In following him, being a disciple is our command. At this, at this point in Luke uh, 4.46 why well, call you me Lord Lord and do not the things which I say that's what it's all about uh, Brother Chris was uh, talking about uh, a prayer this morning and, and, and being according to, 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 to the word of God reference James 4.7 uh, submit yourselves therefore to God resist the devil and he will flee from you You know what submit means? Put yourself under the commands of God. <laughs> Put what God says for whatever you say, God. That's first. Life's not live for living what I want to do, where, where I want to go. It's for me to seek uh, through God's word what he wants me to do. Obviously, uh, much of that's very clear. <laughs> and if I'll pay attention to the very clear stuff, he'll take care of the stuff that I don't know and need to know. Amen. <laughs> We need to be faithful in our command as believers. Jesus made it clear to Satan that he knew the word of God and that he had come, his command was from the Father 
and not from Satan. Satan met, met him in that wilderness, you remember that, before he started his public ministry, and tempted him that multiple times. If you're the Son of God, uh, command these stones be made bread. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What was Jesus doing? He was seeking what God had him to do. He was paying attention to his command. He was up there getting ready for his public ministry. His business was about being with God. And the devil comes and says, Oh, don't you want some food? It's almost like interrupting him. You're telling me to eat now? I got greater things going on than my belly. I'll eat what when my father tells me. I'm not going to listen to you. And he did that multiple times. Uh, well, if you're the son of God, he takes him up to that, uh, that uh, high place in the temple, uh, compels him to jump off. If you're of God, he'll, he'll give his angels charge concerning thee. In their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. I'm not going to do something unnecessary in a, in a way to provoke the moving of God's hand in that way. Why would I do that? That would be foolish. And he lets him know that. Well, the devil knew that he would one day, uh, uh, Jesus Christ, be the ruler of the world. And so what does he do? He offers him the world without the cross. All this is Given, given to me. You know, I give it to whomsoever I will. God has allowed me to do that. And uh, he says, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Just bow down once, Jesus. Just fall down. Forget about the cross. It's written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. See, he came what? To obey, didn't he? To obey. In Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you which is in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant. And being made in the likeness of, of man, what did he do? He became, what, what does the Bible say? Obedient unto death. That's it. We are supposed to be, in our command, obedient unto death. That's what men are supposed to, that's what human beings are supposed to do. Is obey God's commands. In a, I remember Joe when he was in the, uh, the Navy and uh, uh, going through boot camp and, and, and right up in through all his serving too. They, they would move him around here. and we, He'd tell us about it on the phone. We'd, we'd talk to him occasionally and and he'd say, he'd say whether moving to, he says, yeah, I got, I got voluntold to go over here. <laughs> you don't get volunteered, you get voluntold, okay? And that's the way it was. Jesus has given us what? Commands. Now, unlike uh, our military, uh, he's not forcing us, in a sense, to obey them. Yes, Joe would have had a dishonorable discharge uh, if he didn't obey the command, that's for sure. 
God doesn't kick us out of the family, does he? Now, don't get me wrong. There'll be plenty of price to pay for disobedience if we keep saying no to God. <laughs> He'll make us regret saying no to, no to him. Let's put it that way. We'll regret that. We have a command to obey, a command to follow, a command to fulfill. When Jesus ministered in Capernaum, all was, I mean, people were coming, they were flocking. He was welcome in the house, staying there. He had a base. It was a booming place. He went out in the desert. And the disciples go get him and say, well, come on back. And we're, we're all ready to start this over again. And what Jesus said, no, we're going on the other side. Because what? It has, he said, it has been commanded me. It's been commanded me. Therefore, I came forth. Must preach the gospel in other places also, you could say. Thirdly, we have a comfort as disciples to forgo. All these things are in line with discipleship. We need to accept them and receive them. A certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. He saith unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. Now, it's not a mystery what he's saying there. He didn't have any place to sleep tonight. <laughs> he had, he in, in that sense, was homeless. I don't, I don't know how long that, how many days that was, but... And we don't know if these people turned around and followed him, followed him or not. But what he's saying is there's times it's going to be uncomfortable to follow Jesus. By the way, this is the enemy's land. As much as I love our country, this whole world is the enemy's land, okay? Satan is the god of this world. So we should not expect to be comfortable here, okay? There is a comfort to, to forego for every disciple, for every soldier. You know it's not comfortable witnessing to people? <laughs> you know, if you are in the habit of praying for opportunities and looking for opportunities to witness and endeavoring to do that, you know what I'm talking about when that time comes. It's like you throw up one of those prayers, you know, Lord, give me the courage, you know, give me the words, because it's not comfortable. Because many times we have seen uh, uh, that talking about Jesus and sin uh, and heaven and hell is not well received, okay? In our human nature, it's, not, it's, it's uncomfortable to present ourselves in such a way that we may be rejected. But Jesus says what? They're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me, okay? It's the word. We have to share that. He doesn't have any place to lay his head. By the way, you know where the next place he lay his head would, would be? In a, stormy, a storm at sea in a boat, okay? Uh, discipleship will call you out of your comfort zone. To speak up when you hear God's name taken in vain in that public place. 
and say that you love him and he's your savior there's been multiple times I've failed to do that and by God's grace there's been multiple times I've done it <laughs> and I always hate the times that I fail to do it <laughs> You see, as we, you know, Jesus said, except a man hate, hate his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. As we grow in the Lord, we begin to hate that thing within us that fails, don't we? We begin to hate that. Why, why did I do that? Why did I listen to the flesh? Why did, why did I do the right thing there, say the right thing? We begin to hate that. And, and, and listen, that is not going away until Jesus comes. Amen. That's the part of our life that we begin to hate, the old nature in us. But we're stuck with them till Jesus comes. And so we need to deal with them by the Holy Spirit, amen? And get that victory. Jesus went in into that ship there, and they're, they're, they're in the will of God, and, and the storm comes. Oh, you have little faith. He, he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. We're going to have problems in life. Just because we're Christian. Well, since I'm a Christian, my, my job will always be fine. My car won't break down. Uh, I, won't, you know, I, I, I won't have problems with, with my finances. I'll get along with all my relatives. Huh? we got the same problems as, as everybody else, okay? The thing is, we have Jesus to walk with and help us through them. See? Daniel went into the lion's den. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into the fiery furnace. <laughs> and what? God brought them through it, didn't he? That's what we have. We have our God to bring us through those things. <clears throat> it's interesting when they, when they wake up Jesus on the boat. It doesn't seem like he felt they needed to wake him up. He didn't say, boy, it's a good thing you guys woke me. We'd have all been fish food. You know? <laughs> he, he didn't say that. The fact is, they'd have been okay. Jesus would have continued sleeping. And God would have got him to where they're going. Why? Because he's watching out for his son uh, and, 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 and helping them get his will done. It'd have been, it would have been, I don't know how it would have worked out, but it would have been okay. It seems that way. A comfort to forgo. Yeah, it might have been a less comfortable ride. <laughs> But God would have got him there. <clears throat> Dwight D. Eisenhower said, A people that values its privileges, we might say comforts, above its principles soon loses both. <clears throat> Joe was talking about his, his uh, boot camp and such in Chicago in the winter time <laughs> his post out there standing for hours in the blowing snow and and just you know and just boot camp in general you in the military had been through it you know what he's talking about but one of the things that he said he struggled with most was most uncomfortable was the sleep deprivation he said it was rough it was rough God at times will call us to periods of extreme discomfort okay <laughs> Uh, as, as disciples 
as soldiers. See, a soldier doesn't say, well, I got to put on that hot suit in the desert, you know. I didn't know that. They don't say that. <laughs> what do they do? They know it comes with the territory of being a soldier, amen. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to sweat in that heat, in that sand. But you signed up to be a soldier. Well, I didn't sign up to be a soldier. Yes, you did when you got saved, whether you know it or not. God wants to make you a soldier, wants to make me a soldier. A comfort to forgo. Fourthly, we have a commission to finish. Jesus saw great multitudes about him. He gave commandment to depart unto the other side. I mentioned he had been ministering in Capernaum. And when they found him praying, you know, he had, he had said in, in, in Luke 4, 43, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. I got to finish. God didn't tell me to stay here and stay parked at Capernaum. I have to keep going. I'm going to go over to the other side. I can't stop. Uh, there would be many ministries that, that would have questioned Jesus. We really had the, uh, Brother Christopher, we really had the number of salvation professions, you know, up, up there at Capernaum. Why did you move your mission work across, you know, to depart across the, the other side? You know, there have been a lot of people that had some problems with that move. But what? Jesus knew. He had to go where all those cities that he went to, he went, he went to them. Receive him or not, he went. Because he had a commission to finish. A commission to finish. And he would say uh, in John 17, 14, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. In prayer, in prayer to his father. Even as the Apostle Paul could say, uh, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. I've kept the faith. <clears throat> we need to finish well. I've said this before. I'll say it again. We as believers need to finish well. We need to be faithful till the Lord comes. Amen. Uh, in Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, he said, he said it, it, it is for us the living rather to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. We are continuing what someone else began. Acts 1.1 The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. I thought you said Jesus had to finish his course. He did. This he has entrusted to us. Now we are to go to all the world. This is our command. While he's in heaven, we are the light of the world. We are the salt. This is, this is our command now. We are to go forth and be that light and be, and be that salt. It's sad to see a Christian serve for years in whatever calling they have. And then the last parts of their life turn away and go back to the world. Begin to allow old sins to 
creep into their lives and, 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 and become, come into bondage to them again by their own submission. It's a sad thing to see. I've seen that. It's a sad thing. And what do people remember when that happens? It seems like all their goods, all that they did do is forgotten, huh? It's a very sad ending. Ecclesiastes 10.1 Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly uh, uh, so does a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. We might have lived most of our life for wisdom and honor. And we end up getting caught in a little folly at the end. And what's it do? It leaves forth a stinking savor. <laughs> and believe me, the world will grab a hold of that and spread that faster than believers are spreading the gospel. Okay? It's a sad thing. Sad thing to see. We have a commission uh, to finish. God will help us finish. Uh, any of you uh, who've ever uh, been in, uh, uh, in a choir or or played a musical instrument, you have heard the importance of how important it is what? To finish on the right note, okay? Because, you know, if you, do, if you finish on a bad one, it doesn't matter what you did before. Everybody's going to remember that. Oh, boy, the end. They're going to cut you. It was good until, you know, and uh, it's important, okay, that we need to finish, amen? And the only way we can be sure we finish on the right note is a day-by-day -day walk with Jesus that I'm walking with him today. Because he, he's going to come what? Suddenly, right? We do. Problem is, we don't know when our finish is, do we? <laughs> Could be right, right now before I finish this sentence. So we need to walk with him. A commission to finish. <clears throat> and then finally, we have a captain. We have a captain to follow. We have a captain to follow. Matthew 8, 22. Jesus said unto him, follow me and let the dead bury their dead. He says, follow me. Jesus Christ is the captain of our salvation. Hebrews 2.10, it became him, it was just like him, it was according to his character, uh, for whom are all things and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering perfect God's will for me and you for you and I to become a mature human being in Christ that's what Jesus demonstrated he became all that someone in a human body <laughs> ought to be he did with his human body went with his human body spoke with his human body ministered with his human body in the way that a human should. And we are to grow more and more in likeness of that by his spirit and by his word every day. Follow me. Paul wanted to do that. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments you know many times through history we see kingdoms rise kingdoms fall 
Many times a military coup will take over a nation or something. And the reason that can happen is because those who have fought with, with their military leader have built that camaraderie. And they're, they tend to be behind the one that was out there with them in the field. We see that. The one who'd been in the battle with them. We see that with, with when Saul died and his son Ishbosheth was going to be put into place. Abner put him in, in place there. Remember that? Ishbosheth was afraid of Abner. You remember that? When Abner came time to, I'm going to turn this kingdom back over to David. He was just fearful. Abner was the leader of the men. He was the captain. By the way, David feared who? It's pretty obvious. Joab. David, in the way that in his life, showed that he had some fear for Joab. He should have done some things. That, uh, he should have executed some justice upon Joab that he didn't do. Why was that? I think it because Joab had to control of the army. Remember Uriah? When David tried to get Uriah to sin uh, and uh, get, you know, get, or, or drunk and all that, brought him back, tried to get him to be with his wife, and, uh, and, and Uriah wouldn't do it. Uriah said unto David, The ark and Israel and Judah abide in tents, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go into mine house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife as thou livest, and as thy soul liveth, I will not do this thing. My, my, my team's out there. And my captain Joab's out there. I'm not doing it. I won't do it. See, there was that bond there. I want to tell you something. We have a lot better captain than Uriah had. <laughs> we have Jesus Christ. And he's been in the fray. He's been through it. And by the way, he's here with us in it now. Amen. And that's the kind of captain that we ought to be faithful to. And want to follow. And want to follow. That camaraderie. 1 Thessalonians 2.14 Ye brethren became followers of the churches of God which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. A mutual suffering in the battle makes that strong bond to follow the captain. See? That's the captain we have to follow. And I close with this thought. Paul wrote in Philippians 3.10, I may know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings. I want that camaraderie with Jesus. If being godly causes me to suffer, then I want to suffer it. I want to receive it. Just like he what? Commanded me to. And I close with this thought. Memorial Day strikes a chord of memory. In the words of a, the poet of, of, uh, of, in the words of a, of a poet of the South, uh, Father Ryan, I guess, is the guy that writes this book of poems. 
He says this, quote, A land without ruins is a land without history. Crowns of roses fade. Crowns of thorns endure. Calvaries and crucifixions take deepest hold of humanity. The triumphs of might are transient. They pass and are forgotten. The sufferings of right are graven deepest on the chronicles of the nations. Doesn't that seem how it works? What is so great to us that we're Christians? Well, the fact is that Jesus Christ suffered for us. He wrongly suffered. He didn't deserve to be crucified. The world, in a sense, thought, we got the victory. We killed the Messiah. Well, that was in his plan. <laughs> he didn't take his life from him. What did he do that? Because he knows how he made us. We know now that our captain has gone through it. And he can get us through it. And God can help us today to go over to depart unto the other side. Don't look at most Christians. Most Christians won't be soldiers. <laughs> but you know what? You and I can be. You and I can be. And by God's grace, uh, let's, let's be earnest about that. And let's be wanting to be better soldiers for Christ every day. More faithful to Him. Reading His Word. Praying, as Brother Chris shared this morning. Learning the Word. And growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord and Jesus Christ for his glory for his glory and for the sake of those around us that they might see who? him in us not us they might see him working through us dear heavenly father we thank you uh, for this church we thank you for the freedoms that we have in our nation we are thankful for the militaries that you have used to preserve us, Father, and those that have given their lives in that process. And, and Father, we need to, uh, to carry on with the faith. There are those who have died in the faith before us. And, uh, and Father, we need to remember that and to realize, Lord, that we have the everlasting and eternal things. We know them. We experience them in our lives as we walk with you. And anyone can have them in you. So, Lord, please strengthen us. Help us to grow. Help, help us to lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And help us run with patience the race which is set before us. Uh, Lord, for your glory. Help us to be true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. For our own good, for your glory, Father, and for the good of our nation. And help us, Lord, to be careful and thank you and praise you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.